Yeah, you ready to worship now? Yeah, let's stand up. Hey, so glad you guys are here, everybody. My name's Billy. I'm the worship pastor here. Thanks for coming to Hope Vale today. Uh, whether you've been here uh, 50 million times or it's maybe your first time or a handful of first times, really glad you're here. Got some great stuff in store today. So yeah, God calls us to come and worship with all of our heart, worship Him and love Him with all of our heart and our mind and our soul and our strength. Scripture talks about that. It's a great encouragement for us. Well, we're going to open this service with an old hymn that uh, you'll recognize probably right away if you're around uh, in your 20s or 30s or so and older. Uh, this song was made uh, uh, popular, uh, I don't know, 30 years or so ago, and uh, this, this old hymn was written uh, by when he, this guy was a young man, and he was in uh, his uncle's church, uh, who was a pastor at the time, and uh, he, he really prayed for this. He really prayed that God would bring this to him. So uh, let's worship together. Take us in, man. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, 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 oh. 
God, uh, there's something that comes alive in us when we uh, come and gather as a body for worship and uh, we're reminded, we're encouraged, we hear people singing around us, we hear the band just lighting it up and um, God, there's a, a reason to be joyful uh, in our life and the, to have joy and to have this uh, gladness because of all you've done for us, God, we sang about it already, it's this, uh, this love that you have for us and uh, what you've done for us and uh, God, this um, we, we, we prayed it like Steve Winwood prayed it back a long time ago. Uh, bring us a higher love, this higher power, this, this thing that, um, God, we need to draw on. We really need to, uh, this is like a gas station for us today. We need to come and on the knees of our heart, fuel up and uh, be fueled up with you so we can have more of you in our life and have more of you in our week and more of you in, uh, for our eternity. So, uh, Lord, uh, it's a good day. It's a good day to come to church we pray that you're honored with our presence. We certainly are honored with yours. And so thank you, God, for this moment to be called into worship, to be reminded of your love, and to be reminded that uh, we need to be a thankful people and a people that call out to you constantly. So, Lord, we love you and ask this blessing uh, on this service today that uh, we'd be able to see you more and more. In Jesus' name, we all pray together. Amen. God bless you, gang. Hey, while you're standing, say hi to somebody around you. We'll see you back in a second. Thanks. Good morning. You may be seated. Wow, this is an energetic crowd this morning. Yeah, higher love, right? Yeah, fantastic. Well, I'm Ken McGillivray. I'm the Associate Senior Pastor here at Hopevale. I just want to welcome you. Uh, if you're visiting with us for the first time, we want to extend a special welcome to you and invite you to stop by the welcome desk in the lobby for a, a special gift and more information about our church. Well, happy 4th of July. Yeah, it's coming. Wednesday, right? Well, and I tell you, when you think about it, we're so thankful to the Lord for our nation and for our freedoms, aren't we? I mean, the 4th of July really signifies not only our freedom from the rule of England, but it, it really signifies as well 
what paved the way for our freedom to worship and serve God as we do this morning. It really does. So we're thankful to, to God for that. Um, summer's in full swing and gives us opportunities to connect with others at Hope Vale in some different ways, maybe ways that we wouldn't otherwise. And so you could, you could uh, if you're interested in a community group, you could check out a community group outing, a backyard barbecue, a get-together that's happening with our groups all over the Great Lakes Bay region this summer. Or we have a number of softball teams. You may or may not know that. And so if you know someone who plays softball or a family member connected with a team, uh, man, go out one night, take your chair when it cools off a little bit and, and uh, cheer on one of our Hopevale softball teams. Also, if you like to run or you're interested in running, there's a group of Hopevale runners who meet right in our parking lot, uh, 6.30 Thursday nights, every, every Thursday, 6.30. And you could connect with them and run for about an hour and, and hang out and fellowship with those folks. Also, this, this fall, uh, early fall, September 7th through 9th, we're doing another uh, Hopevale backpacking trip. We've done some Pictured Rocks, Manistee River Loop. Uh, this time we'll be in the Taquamanan Falls area, beautiful, beautiful area. And again, if you're interested in that, doesn't matter your fitness level or experience, we'll help you out with that. And uh, come and be a part of that. I want to invite our ushers to come forward now, and we'll prepare to worship the Lord in our time of giving. You may know that this past week, we had 450 children on our campus uh, to take part. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, praise God. Yeah, they, they took part in Bible camp. They were in this auditorium right where you're sitting, and 400 of you uh, served and helped to make Bible Camp happen. Thank you so much. What, that was awesome. That's awesome. And I tell you, Thursday night was our family and friend night, and I stood right in the back there and saw all young families and parents and kids in this auditorium. It, it literally, it, it just moved me to tears, gave me goosebumps to see that happening, singing and worshiping our God with our families. It was just an awesome time. That's a reminder to us of why we give, why we worship the Lord through this time of giving, isn't it? This one reason that we're generous, that we're joyful in our giving to him. So let's pray for this time, can we? Father, we thank you uh, just for your love, for your mercy to us, that your love is higher, that you call us to a higher love, that we belong to you. And Lord, thank you for all that's happening through this body of believers. Some things are happening in homes and community and neighborhoods that we don't see. Lord, will you encourage that, strengthen and empower these efforts to share the love of Jesus, the message of Jesus uh, in our community and throughout this community. And thank you for Bible Camp, Lord. Thank you for all the children, all the families, all who were touched in our congregation, in our community. We give you thanks. And Lord, this is why we give. This is why we give, so that your message, your gospel, your mission can be accomplished on this earth. We want to be part of that. We want to live for something higher than just ourselves. And so we pray that you'll use this time of giving in our hearts and in our community and in our world. And we ask this together in Jesus' name. Amen. Fountain I drink from 
let's stand and sing together. This grace that's so glorious in our life.
God, you've been so very good to us. You have done so much for us. Just the act on the cross through Christ. If that's all you did, may we be a people that say we are blessed enough and we long for no more. We don't do that. We long for more. We look for more. And God, sometimes you give us more and it's beautiful. You make us for more. Help us to see rightly through your eyes today. Help us to see gratefully through our perspective today as we worship. As we focus our heart and our minds and our attention on uh, this communion day, uh, God, I pray that um, in our hearts we can be right before you. I pray in our hearts we can see rightly before you, God. Thank you for your grace and thank you for your mercy. Thank you for what you give. Thank you for what you withhold. God, we pray today you're honored with uh, our worship. In Jesus' name, we all say together. Amen. God bless you, friends. Have a seat. doing this morning? Hey, my name is Adam Harbaugh. I'm the outreach pastor here at Hopevale. And again, just thanks so much for being here this morning and entering, entering into that time of worship. And man, Billy and the worship team just did an incredible job uh, focusing us on Jesus, his love, his grace for us. And once a month as a church family, we do take time to just stop and reflect on the death of Jesus on the cross for us through taking communion together. And so as we, as we move in that direction, probably about the fifth, next 15 or 20 minutes, I just wanna talk a little bit about grace and focus on grace. Grace is God's unmerited favor for us. Or to put it another way, when, uh, in other, it's God's favor on us even when we don't deserve it. It's God's favor on us even when we don't deserve it. And part of what, what uh, we have to do in recognizing that we don't deserve something is to come to that place of realization that th there's something missing in our lives. There's an element of brokenness or weakness that exists in each and every one of us. And the Bible calls that sin, right? It's what separates us from God, our Father, our Creator, the one who loves us more than we could possibly imagine. And so we are called to come to that place of recognizing that we don't measure up to who God is. And when we come to that place of that realization and, and accepting the grace that God gives us, it is so refreshing. And as I was thinking about that, I actually had a bit of an experience yesterday that, that gave me a little bit of a glimpse into uh, illustrating what grace can feel like in our lives. Now, as we probably all know, yesterday was a pretty hot day. It was probably the hottest day of the summer before today. So yesterday was really hot. And uh, this is kind of my sense of timing sometimes. I woke up yesterday and I'm like, I need to mow the lawn. Oh, no. So I, I, thankfully the grass was dry enough at about 10 o'clock, I got started with mowing the lawn and I'm out there just sweating buckets, right? I mean, I am drenched and I'm, I'm just about wrapping up and, and my wife comes outside with a big glass of ice cold water and she comes out and she says, no, honey, it has been exhausting watching you work. <laughs> She's the best. <laughs> It has been exhausting watching you work. Here, have a glass of water. And so I sit down for a minute and I am just dripping and I'm taking a sip of water. Like, oh, thank you, that was so nice. And then I hand it back to her and I'm sitting and she's standing over me and then she takes some and she just dumps it on my head. And oh my goodness, I, like it might sound mean, it was not mean. It was the most refreshing thing 
in the world. And I just got to thinking about that's that's a little bit of a glimpse of what God's grace in our lives can feel like. It was completely unexpected. I was not ready for that ice cold water to hit me on the head. And yet, man, when it did, it took my breath away in the most incredible way possible. Just like, oh, that felt so good. It was so refreshing. Man, that's what God's grace feels like in our lives. Sometimes we don't even realize that we need it. But man, when it hits us, it is so refreshing. It feels so good. And it brings us to a place of just absolute worship for the one who saves us in that way. It's something that we don't deserve. But again, in order to experience the power of grace in our lives, we have to accept the fact that we are weak, broken vessels. We are sinners. And sometimes that can be a hard truth to accept because, man, we just want to believe that, you know, we are strong and independent and we can do things on our own and we're, we're really not that bad. And, man, I'm trying real hard to please God and to do good in my life. But, man, the reality is, is that everything that you and I can do, it's not good enough. It will never measure up to a holy and perfect God and the standard that he sets. And, and quite frankly, like that's a good thing. That's a good thing that you and I can never be on par with God, but we have to realize that he is God and we are not, and we desperately need him in our lives. You know, so often, um, you know, the cultural message today, it's this idea of, you know, it, it's all about personal empowerment, you know, and you can do it on your own. You're strong enough. You can self-direct your own life, and that's the best thing for you. Like, you're at your most powerful when you make decisions for yourself. And that, that's a really dangerous thing that is so tempting to believe and I think that uh, the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians, he writes about his own experience with this to some extent. He talks about how uh, this is after he gave his life to Christ. He had a life-changing encounter with God, and it changed his life forever. He became one of the people who was at the forefront of expanding the church uh, in the early days of, of Christianity. So he was sold out for the gospel and spreading this good news and even though we might think, man, if you're doing that, that must mean that life just must be great and there are no challenges. That wasn't the case at all. And so Paul, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10, he talks about how he had this thorn in his side. And he doesn't get specific about what that thorn is. It could be any number of things. And I think he kind of left it open-ended to some extent so that we didn't know specifically what he was talking about. It could have meant a couple of different things. On the one hand, it could have been sin in his own life, something that he struggled with and just had a hard time fully uh, releasing that and experiencing the freedom that God gives. Because even after we, ex we come to know Christ as Savior, it doesn't mean that life gets perfect. And so this thorn that Paul had in his side was an illustration of that, that it was something that was there, it was present in his life. And whether it was his own personal sin Maybe it was the sin of somebody else in his circle and it had effects on him. It could have even just been a, a literal physical ailment that he had that he just wished would have been taken away so that he could be even more effective in living out his life for the spread of the gospel. We don't know exactly what it was, but Paul writes about how three times he pleaded with God to take it away from him. And this was God's response to him. Verse 9, it says, But the Lord said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My grace, the grace that I give to you, even in the midst of your weakness, your sin, your brokenness, that is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. God's power is made perfect in our weakness. It's an incredible reminder for us to know and to remember that even when we're feeling weak, if we let God into those spaces, that is when and where his power shines through us. It's not a matter of us getting rid of our weaknesses so that God can show up in power. It's allowing God to work through, in and through our weaknesses so that his power can show up and be made known. And in light of that, Paul says, Okay, therefore, God, I will boast 
all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardship, in persecution, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That is such a countercultural message, but it's such a great reminder for us that in the difficulties and in the challenges of our everyday lives, the weaknesses that we have, the, the sin, the insecurity, the doubts, the fears, all of those things, if we invite Christ into that, that is where and how his power is at work in our lives. You know, a couple weeks ago, uh, some of you might have heard this, but a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, Hollywood superstar uh, Chris Pratt, there's a lot of different Chris's, but Chris Pratt, he was at the MTV Music Award, Movie and Music Awards, and he was being recognized, giving an award. And if you don't know who Chris is, Chris Pratt, uh, he's a big-time guy right now. He's been in Guardian, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. And uh, right now, I think there's a documentary about dinosaurs that, that's out that he was in. Uh, Jurassic World, he's in that one. So these huge blockbuster movies, he's been in a very you know, well-known person uh, in those Hollywood circles, uh, has lots of young fans who look up to him as an example. And so he comes up on stage to, to give this award speech, and he chose to take this moment uh, to really highlight some, some great biblical and spiritual truths. And it wasn't the kind of setting that you would expect this to take place. And so the, the way that he did it, he shared nine uh, rules for life. And in those nine rules, he interspersed some great truth with just funny anecdotes and facts of life and things like that. So I'm curious, who is familiar or heard that speech? Anybody hear that speech? All right. So a number of you know what I'm talking about. I'll try to fill in the blanks for the rest of you guys. So the biblical and spiritual truths that, that he communicated to this audience that really went global in a, in a lot of ways. Uh, when I put in a Google search for this, about 1.9 million hits came up related to this talk that he gave. And so three of the things that he talked about were, hey, you have a soul. Be careful with it. He said, learn how to pray. And he talked about how God is real and God loves you. Great messages. You know, one of the funny ones that he slipped in there, he's like, hey, if, if you have a dog, don't just try to give it loose medicine because it's not going to just take and eat the loose medicine, right? Has anybody ever tried to do that? Give your animal uh, just a, a loose piece of medicine? They're not buying it, right? So Chris's great advice was, hey, take that medicine, hide it in a little hamburger. They'll gobble that thing right up and not even realize it was medicine, right? Kind of funny, kind of practical. But then he ended on this one. He said, Nobody is perfect. People will tell you that you're perfect just the way you are. You're not. You're imperfect. You always will be. But there's a powerful force that designed you. And if you're willing to accept that, you will have grace. And grace is a gift. Like the freedom that we enjoy in this country, this grace was paid for with somebody else's blood. Don't forget that. And don't take that for granted. Now, that's a pretty difficult truth to share with, with the world and, and today's culture. It, it's a countercultural message that flies in the face of, of the things that we constantly get fed on a daily basis. Here's one of the interesting things I think about what he did. So, you know, you think that it was just a, a funny, interesting, practical uh, advice when he talked about, you know, slipping the medicine into hamburger hamburger meat and giving that to the dog. But in a lot of ways, uh, I think that that is uh, a little bit of a, um, oh man, what's the word? It, it's a little bit of, of a metaphor for what Chris did in sharing the gospel in that moment. And I think it was brilliant because he, he was able to communicate to his audience and let them hear a good gospel message in that moment without really knowing it, or they were able to accept it and not reject it because he communicated it in a way that was appealing. He communicated it from a, a place of humility and he highlighted the grace that we all need. And I think there's a couple takeaways from that for us, the church. 
And when I say the church, I'm not talking about just Hopevale specifically. I'm talking about, you know, the capital C Church of Jesus Christ. And it's that reminder that when we share the gospel with others, it is so important to do it from a place of humility and grace, a place where we say that, hey, I am broken too. It's not like because I follow Jesus, my life is perfect and, and I get to uh, communicate to you from this pedestal looking down on you. No, it, you're out there saying, man, I, I, have, I have lived my life in a way where I tried to do it all on my own and I realized that I always came up short. There was always something missing. And when I came to the cross of Jesus, I had to realize that nothing that I could do would bridge that gap between me and my Savior. And Jesus is that one who bridges the gap. And so to the church, what an incredible reminder that is for us is that when we communicate the truth and the power of the gospel, we have to do it from a place of humility. That's at the core of the gospel. Uh, Philippians talks about how, how Jesus came as a servant to die on a cross. He didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, and so he came to this earth to die a death on the cross that we deserved. We were the ones who deserved that, and Christ came and took that on himself so that we would not have to experience that punishment in light of a holy God. Jesus did that for us. And so as we prepare to take communion this morning, that, that's the reminder of what we're doing in this moment. And so it's an encouragement for us to take that time to just reflect on our own lives and to evaluate, oh God, what, what are, what's the sin and what are the shortcomings that I have in my life right now that I need to just once again lay at your feet and ask for your forgiveness for? So that's the, the, the takeaway for the church. And then I think there's a takeaway Maybe for anybody in this room who's not accepted Christ as your savior yet. And, and the message of the gospel is that you don't have to do anything. You don't have to get your life cleaned up and remove your weakness and your messiness before you come to Jesus. You're invited to come to Jesus just as you are because he's the only one who can complete you. He's the only one who can forgive you take away that messiness and, and you'll see his power come into your life to change you from the inside, to make you a new person through what Jesus did on the cross for you. And I would just encourage you this morning, if, if, if this message of the gospel is something that you have not taken to heart personally for yourself yet, you know, what's holding you back from doing that today? It does take humility. It does take swallowing a little bit of your pride to recognize that you're not perfect. None of us are. Nobody ever has been other than Jesus Christ, and that's why he's our savior. So I would invite you to look to him as your savior this morning. As we prepare to take communion, I want to look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. Paul again writes that in him, Jesus, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Now I go back to my wife dumping that cold cup of water on my head and, and how refreshing that was. And I think that's the picture of this. God's grace is so rich and he lavishes it on us so that we can experience something that we've never experienced before grace, forgiveness, redemption with our Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, as we prepare to take communion here at Hopevale, uh, you don't have to be a member of this church in order to participate. What we say is we ask that you be a Christian the way that the Bible describes it, you know, that you've come to that place of personal faith and trust in Jesus as your Savior, that you love him and that that wasn't just a one-time event, but it's, that it's your desire to follow him with your life all the days of your life. And so if within that, if, if Jesus is not your savior, we would ask that you would just help pass the elements, the bread and the cup along down the row uh, as, as it's being served. 
And we don't ask that to single you out or to make you feel awkward or anything like that. We just ask that you do that out of respect for just the significance of what we're doing in this moment as we remember Jesus' death on the cross for us. And parents with any kids in the room, uh, we would just ask that you use your discretion uh, in this moment of whether or not they participate. You know, one cool story that, that comes out of Bible camp this past week is that over 50 kids responded to this message of grace and, and the good news of what Jesus has done for them. And 50 kids came to Christ this past week. And it makes me wonder, yes, it's awesome. It, that's why we do what we do, like, like the video played before I came up. You know, we're inviting people to know and follow Jesus. And it's incredible to see the way the Holy Spirit is at work around this place so that people are responding to that gospel message and that invitation. And so what's cool is, I, you know, I wonder if there are any kids in the room this morning who might be taking communion together uh, as a body for the first time because of that decision that they made this last week. And that's, that's so awesome. And if you are one of those kids in that room, we just want to congratulate you for that decision and say welcome to the family. Uh, but again, if, uh, if, if parents, you need to help uh, with the elements as they pass by, please do that. And so having said all that, you know, we, we do not mean at all for this time to be exclusive. Jesus's death on the cross was inherently inclusive for the entire world. There are no boundaries. There are no exceptions to that. Christ died for all. The invitation for you is to respond to that and to accept him as your savior. So at this time, I want to invite the ushers to come forward uh, as we prepare to take communion together. And, and as I pray, I would just encourage us to, to just reflect on our own lives and what Christ has done for us, the sin that he has forgiven, and that our hearts would just continually uh, be evaluating and be open to the Holy Spirit's conviction about how we can become more and more like Christ in our lives. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we thank you so much for this morning and the time that we've had to worship you together. God, you are so deserving of it. All of your attributes are so much farther and higher above us and what we could obtain on our own. So God, we look to you as our savior, as the one that we wanna model our lives after. God, we know that in order to become our Savior, you had to experience the death on the cross that we deserved. And you did that because of your great love for us. God, that's something that we can never repay, but it is something that we can respond to. So God, collectively, we just wanna come before you and acknowledge you, praise you, worship you for that sacrifice that you made on the cross on our behalf. And God, even though it is something that we cannot repay, God, we love you so much that we want to live our lives each and every day fully devoted to you, to becoming more like you, to sharing with the world around us who you are, how great you are, how much you love everybody. And it's your desire to have everyone respond to this incredible truth. So God, as we prepare to take the bread, we, we do reflect on the incredible sacrifice that you had to make for this to happen. God, your broken body, is just so symbolic of how you became separated from your heavenly father in that moment. God, we do not take what you went through lightly. And Lord, in not taking it lightly, we just want to lay our lives before your feet and invite your Holy Spirit to speak to us, to convict us if there are areas in our lives where we can become more like you, where we can acknowledge our weakness and our brokenness and invite you into those places so that your power could be on display because it's all about you, Jesus. We humble ourselves before you and we thank you for your broken body for us.
So the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord, the forgiveness of sin required a a blood sacrifice. Lord, not only was your body broken and you you were killed on the cross for us, but your blood was shed. Your perfect, pure, sinless, holy blood was shed for us to cover, to forgive our sins. Lord, we just give you all the glory for what you have done for us. We thank you for the blood that was shed on our behalf so that we could live in right relationship with you, that there was no longer this barrier, this separation between us and you that required a bunch of rules and rituals for us to follow in a temporary solution. God, Jesus came and became the perfect once and all solution so that we could have a restored relationship with you. And so Lord, we, we come before you and just say thank you for doing that for us. Thank you for loving us so much that you would do that. Thank you for your blood that was shed for us. So in the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me.
God, thank you again for your sacrificial death on the cross for us in our place. God, your, your broken body, your spilled blood and, and the way that that ushered in the new covenant of the relationship between us and you. God, we are incredibly grateful for all that you've done. God, we love you, we trust you with our lives and it's our desire that each and every day we can walk through our lives becoming more and more like you, Jesus, our savior. Jesus, we love you and we pray all this in your name, amen. You guys know that song, I Can Only Imagine, that's been out for a while and they just made a movie about it. And that chorus that says, um, will I um, stand in your presence or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? Um, there's this vision that um, uh, John had and of, of heaven in the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible. In Revelation 4 and 5, he kind of depicts what this is, and it's in more chapters too. But in this specific, those specific chapters, he talks about how there were elders and creatures and saints that fell, uh, what they say is prostrate, where they fall down before the Lord, and they never stopped saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is, and is to come. I grow so tired of repeating myself in worship at church sometimes. But there is a place, friends. There is a place for repetition and worship. It's happening now in heaven in this, that picture. We're gonna sing this song that we sang at the offering time. Claire's gonna sing this and there's a lot of repetition in this, but each time you say it um, can mean something different to you and to us. And so let's join in uh, the repetition of heaven.
promise that is, right? God is so good, and he is never going to let us down. Amen? Thank you guys so much for being here today. I trust that it was a blessing and encouragement to you and your faith. I want to invite you back next week. We're going to kick off our summer ser uh, sermon series where we look through a lot of the different one another passages in the Bible and the way that it can en encourage us as a church body. So as you leave from here, have a great and safe 4th of July, and we hope to see you back next week. God bless.